This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. How quickly would your lives fall apart if all of the gadgets you own, the gadgets with batteries, quit working? Uh, how, how would your life work if the battery in your phone quit working or the uh, battery in your watch or Fitbit quit working? How, what impact would it have in your life if the battery in your computer stopped working or the battery in your car stopped working? Let's change that question a little bit. What would your life be like if your spiritual battery stopped working? You know, that, that battery, our connection with God and his grace and Jesus, if that battery quit working or, or ran way down so it was barely working, that, that, that battery that gives us the power to, to face life and all of its challenges and its trauma and its setbacks and its hurt, that, that battery that allows us to face each day with hope and peace and joy, what would happen if that battery stopped working? Today our Savior has a message for us that says that doesn't ever have to happen. That as we're connected to him, our battery is always at 100%. It can be there. We can face life with courage and excitement as we're plugged into him. Here's what he says in John chapter 15. Remain in me and I am going to remain in you. A branch cannot bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Likewise, you cannot bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him is the one who bears much fruit because without me, you can do nothing. We pray. Because of your love and forgiveness, Jesus, a love and forgiveness that's never ending, increase our desire to remain in you. And as you increase that connection with, uh, with you through your word, empower us to live as faithful followers. Amen. Let's get back to that spiritual battery. On your battery meter, where's that battery today? You know, if you think of uh, the battery meter on your phone, um, last night the battery meter on my phone was saying, 5% charge me. Where's your spiritual battery meter this morning? You know, we're at that point again in the calendar where it's easy for the spiritual battery to be running low. Uh, we're at a transition point. You know, this is the last weekend of the summer, isn't it? And so behind us are those lazy, carefree days. Well, at least I hope that's what your summer was like. Carefree days of the summer, vacations, long weekends, saying no to any special stresses and strains in your life. 
But now we need to get back to, what, reality, right? Now it's getting back to regular work schedules, and you look ahead, and you think, okay, when's my next vacation day? And, oh, man, Thanksgiving, that's three months away. Get an extra day or two there. And four months away until Christmas and New Year. Wow. And as you settle back into that normal job routine, you're thinking... This is not going to be easy. For those of you who have kids in school, it gets even worse. A lot more drain on those spiritual batteries because now it's getting kids up and ready for school in the morning, ferrying them to school, and then picking them up in the afternoon. It's, it's trying to mesh your busy schedule with their busy schedule. That's including all sorts of sporting events and play dates And if you're one of those kids that are going back to school, wow, what an adjustment, huh? No more sleeping till noon. Now it's up early, wolf down some breakfast, off to classes. Oh, man, six, seven hours of trying to get stuff in your head, lock it in. And then, of course, the activities that you're in and hanging out with friends And if you're a bit older, you probably have a job. Wow. A lot to pull down the power in your battery. But then that's not even talking about just the day-to-day normal stuff in our lives that can drain our batteries too. Uh, Just getting along with one another, huh? getting along with the people that we're in love with and that we're in like with, with our close friends, with the teachers at school and the boss at work. That's tough because we humans are not very lovable. In fact, no, i got to say it the other way. We're not lovable at all, not really. And we bump up against one another and hurt one another, and that makes life tough. So where's your spiritual battery this morning? We just heard Jesus say, wherever it is, whether you're at 50% or 75% or 5%, that he is in our lives to keep those batteries constantly fully charged. He says to us, remain in me, remain in me. Now, Jesus tells his disciples this uh, the night before he dies. So he's at a, a meal, Passover meal, with his, with his guys, with the apostles. And he knows it's going to be his last meal with them. Jesus' apostles, not so much. They haven't really caught on yet. He's been telling them for three years he has to go to Jerusalem. He's going to die there, but he's going to come back to life again. But... His disciples, yeah, they're, they're not really tuning into that. So Jesus is using these last hours with his guys to review for them things, the important things that he has been sharing with them for the last three years. And there's nothing more important than in impressing them with the fact that even though he's going to die, that's really a good thing. It's going to be a good Friday. They're going to think, this is so unjust that a man like Jesus is going to be found guilty and executed. But Jesus' message to them 
is this is not about injustice these next hours as I'm going to be captured and tried and convicted and crucified. It's not about injustice at all. It's about justice. It's about God's justice. Justice that should come to every human being because we are not the kind of people that God demands that we be. And we're messing up his world and we're messing up our lives and we're messing with one another's lives. God has every right to be angry with us and in justice to punish us. But because he loves us, instead of punishing us, Jesus wants his disciples to know that's why he's come. He's going to take that justice on himself. He's going to call that justice down on himself as he's there on the cross. And by the time he's done on Good Friday afternoon, all sins for all people for all time will have been forgiven. More than anything else, that's what Jesus wants his guys to know, what he wants us to know. And and then he addresses this question, a question that Jesus' disciples, if they were really tuning in to everything that Jesus was telling them, would have been asking. It's the question that needs to be on our hearts today. And that question is, Jesus, because you've done that for us, how do we thank you? How do we live for you? How do we stay close to you? And that's where Jesus says to us, remain in me. Remain in me. This uh, Greek word for remain uh, can be translated in a number of ways. Uh, Different pictures, but it all comes down to the same thing. So remain in me, you just stay where you're at. You're in me, you stay there. Uh, The uh, old King James Version of the Bible, that translation says, Abide in me, uh, abide, so live in me, kind of like Jesus is that mighty fortress, and we live in him where we're safe. Uh, We can translate, plug into me, stay connected to me, but the point's the same. Jesus needs to be the most important part of our lives. Remain in me, he says. By the way, that that Greek word does something that it's kind of hard for us in English to do with one verb. Remain, of course, is present tense. I'm sorry if you don't like English. Present tense verb, so remain right now, remain in me. You're, You're remaining in me. Okay, remain in me. But in order for Jesus' disciples to, in the present, remain in him, the inference is that they've already been remaining in him, so it points us back. But it also points us ahead. You've been remaining in me, remain in me now, but don't quit. Keep going into the future. And that's why some translators, as they get to this verse, quote Jesus as saying, continue to remain in me. Don't stop remaining in me. Have you seen movies like this? I'm sure you have. A lot of movies are like this. Um... You've got a group of people that are trapped in a storm, perhaps. So uh, some mountaintop in Colorado, big blizzard coming in, whiteout conditions. They're trapped in a cabin. And as long as they're in the cabin, they're safe. But now, if it's going to be a movie that's going to hold your attention, at least one person in the group is saying, oh, we can't stay here. We've got to leave. We're going to die. And everybody's saying to him, Ralph, we'll call him Ralph. 
Ralph, come on, you can't do that. If you get out there in the storm, you're going to die. You got to stay here. We're safe here. Stay here. And Ralph isn't going to have any of that. And finally, he just leaves. He gets on his, his snowmobile. And what, 20, 30 seconds later, he is plunged over the side of a cliff. Big explosion. And, well, that's the end of Ralph. Jesus is saying to us today, I'm like that cabin. Remain in me. You're going to be safe there. Don't go off on your snowmobile thinking you're going to find safety somewhere else. It's not going to work. Remain in me. And you and I, who are appreciative of all that Jesus has done for us, say, that's exactly what I want to do, Jesus. I want to remain in you. I want to be close to you. I want to be connected to you, plugged into you. How do I do that? And Jesus' answer is, remain in me and I will remain in you. A branch cannot bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Likewise, you cannot bear fruit unless you remain in me. Now, that's a really easy illustration for us to uh, latch on to. Jesus is this grapevine. You and I are the branches that come out of that grapevine. And Jesus says to us, so if you snip off those grapes, these are not ripe grapes. If you snip off those grapes, what's going to happen to that branch? What's going to happen to the grapes? And the answer, of course, is they're going to die. They're going to shrivel up and die. Those grapes are never, ever going to mature. Nobody's ever going to want to eat them. And the branch, it's cut off from its nourishment. It can't continue to live. Jesus says, that's the way it works with you and me. You need to continue to have this connection with me. And you know what? It's a hardwired connection. It's like the um, lamps in your living room that you plug into the wall. Our connection with Jesus is hardwired. Our connection with Jesus is not uh, a Wi-Fi connection that connects our phones to the Internet. God doesn't just zap us from heaven and give us a stronger faith. Now, maybe you're saying, okay, just a second, Pastor, because when we pray, isn't that kind of like Wi-Fi? And, okay, I guess. But when we're praying, that's us talking to God, but God communicating with us happens a different way. Not by a wireless signal, but by hooking into his word, by being connected to his word. That's why it's so important for us to be here for worship. But it's equally as important for us to be spending time in his word when we're not here at worship. I'm going to quote a great theologian that you all know. And his name is Benjamin Sadler. Last Sunday, you heard him stand here and say to us, 
one hour of worship a week is not enough. I took a note. I thought, that's profound. Yes, one hour of worship a week is not enough. And it's not. If we're going to remain in Jesus in that mighty fortress, if we're going to be connected, hardwired to him, one hour a week is not enough. What would happen to your phone if you only charged it for an hour a week? Now, maybe you've got a really super-duper phone. Let me tell you about my phone. If I only charged it on a Sunday morning for an hour between 9 and 10 o'clock, that's it, one hour a week. Um, I know it's not going to work by Monday morning. Might not even get me to Sunday night. I have to charge it again and again and again consistently, regularly, if it's going to work. This, uh, this phone, I love this phone. Um, I wish the battery worked better. Uh, if I start out with a full charge in the morning, by the time I get tonight, it's down to, depending on what I use it for, uh, it's down to 25%, 30 maybe 35%. But you know what? That's not going to get me through the next day, so I have to charge it, plug it in, and charge it to get me through the next day. And the same thing works with our relationship with Jesus that we're hardwired to him through his word, that there's time that we're spending in his word, reading it, memorizing, yeah, memorizing it, sharing it with one another and our families, listening to it, plugged into it. Now, <laughs> maybe you're saying, okay, just a second, Pastor. So if, if we're going to be hardwired to Jesus, does that mean that we... 24-7 have, have to be plugged into that word, have to be kind of like a hermit out living out in the desert somewhere, and all we do is listen to, read God's word? And, of course, the answer to that is no. Uh, not even Jesus' disciples, as they walked with him, were, were into that. But there, once again, our connection with Jesus is kind of like our phones, where consistently, regularly, they need to be plugged in to be charged. And the more this, we're using this phone and we're drawing down its power, the more it needs to be charged. So you and me. Like this phone, we charge our batteries and we can run for a while without having that charge constantly, constantly connected to Jesus but still, regularly, consistently, we need to be locked into Jesus' word to remain in him. Now, Jesus tells us that when we are in his word, that there are some spectacular benefits that come along with being connected to him. He tells us that Actually, he focuses on two here, two benefits of being in Jesus. And the first is that when we're in his word, we are tapping into God's infinite power. When we're in his word, connected to him, we're tapping into God's infinite power. 
one of my favorite verses when it comes to understanding what it means that God has infinite power is in Ephesians 3.20. Ephesians 3.20 says this about God's power. God is able, according to the power that is at work within us, to do infinitely more than we ask or imagine. I'd like you to think about this verse with me. God is able to do what we ask him. All right? Verse says that. He's able to do whatever we ask him, he can do it. In fact, he can do more, well, let's take the other word first, more than we imagine that he could do. So anything that we could think up for God to do, however big and outrageous it might be, our God can do that. In fact, he can do more than we could ever ask him or all more than we could ever dream up for him to do. How much more? He can do infinitely more. Infinitely more. There's no limit to how much more God can do. And did you notice how that verse said, he is able to do infinitely more than all we ask or imagine according to the power that is at work within us. It's in us. How did it get there? This infinite power through God's word, through his word. You see, we're told faith comes from hearing the message. The message is heard through the word of Christ. Our faith is worked in us by God's word, the spirit working through God's word. It grows in us by the spirit working through God's word. And Jesus says to us, remain in me and I am going to remain. Now listen closely. I am going to remain in you. Now here, Jesus doesn't say, I am going to be with you. I'm going to walk alongside you. I'll be behind you or around you. He says, I will, I'm going to remain in you. In you. Just like that verse from Ephesians talks about how the infinite God's power is at work within us. Wow, what a difference that makes. Connected to God's word, knowing that we're hooked up with the power of the infinite God who can do more than we ask or imagine. Infinitely more. Over these last weeks with our summer sermon series here, uh, we went on a summer sermon or a summer vacation in various parts of the Holy Land. Um, we were with the children of Israel in the wilderness, and man, they did not like it there. They complained about it. Why? Because they weren't paying attention to God's word, God's word that was in a, in a, a visible presence there, this pillar of fire at night and this cloud of God's glory during the day. It's there, it's with them, and yet they weren't paying attention, and that's why they weren't happy. They weren't listening, connected to God's word. Or you think of Jesus' disciples in the storm in the Sea of Galilee, scared to death, seasoned fishermen still, scared to death they're going to drown out there. They had forgotten what they had heard from Jesus earlier in the day. They had forgotten the miracle, the feeding of thousands and thousands of people. They're scared to death. And even when they see Jesus coming to them, they, they oh no, it's a ghost. 
Now we're really sunk. But it's God's word that changes everything, isn't it? Jesus' word who's, who says to them, don't be afraid. It is I have courage. And so for us, as we plug into God's word, we hear our Savior say to us, whatever storms of life we're facing, don't be afraid. It, it's me. I, I've got this. And we can be like David as he went up against Goliath, who said to Goliath, you're going to be dead. Because I come to you in the name of the Lord, Yahweh, the God of full, free, faithful, forever grace. I come to you in his name. And you've defamed him. And you're going to pay the price. David, because he stood in God's word, stood in God's promises. And that's where you and I are able to stand and draw on this infinite power of God who is in us as we're in his word. Ah, but there's something else that Jesus promises as we are in his word. He tells us, not only do you tap into God's infinite power, but we produce an abundance of spiritual fruit. Jesus says, the one who remains in me and I in him is the one who bears much fruit. What kind of fruit are we talking about? Well, let's, let's go to Galatians chapter 5. In Galatians chapter 5, uh, St. Paul says, the fruit of the Spirit, so uh, that fruit that the Holy Spirit brings into our lives as he brings us to faith in Jesus, that, that fruit, those characteristics of what it means to be a Christian that live in our, our spirits, our souls, it, it's like this, it's these things. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Wow, who wouldn't want more of that in their lives? Love, joy, peace, patience. When life beats us up, when the schedules just get too heavy, when, when we're feeling that this, this is, life doesn't make any sense. There's nothing of value here. Who wouldn't want the patience that comes along with knowing our Savior has given us a right relationship with God and heaven is our home? Who wouldn't want self-control? Who wouldn't want to see God's faithfulness lived out in their lives? As you and I are connected with God through his word, these fruits of the Spirit abound in our lives. So, let's get down to a call to action. On Monday, Thursday, Jesus said to his disciples, I'm going to prepare a place for you. What's going to happen over these next hours and beyond? I'm going to prepare a place for you. That, that's what's happening. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to be with me so that you may be where I am. Jesus wants his disciples to know that in spite of the trauma that they're going to go through in these next hours, there's a purpose to all of this, and the end result is our heaven, heaven with Jesus. Our response to that is to say, Jesus, I really do want to stay close to you, and he says, good, then stay in my word. Come to worship. But remember, Ben Sadler, one hour worship a week is not enough. 
And so we carve out in our schedules, our busy schedules, as a top priority, time to read God's Word, time to listen to that Word, time to gather our families around that Word. Whenever Lord's Supper is is offered, we come because through God's Word, there's a miracle that happens there. The bread and the wine, Jesus uses that to touch us, to really actually touch us with his body and blood, to look us in the eye, to give us a big holy hug and say, I love you, your sins are forgiven. Of course we're going to take advantage of that. I'm going to put a plug in just like Ben did last Sunday for Victory of the Lambs life groups. They are important parts of our staying plugged into Jesus. And if you're not in a life group, oh man, get into one. One of those life groups where you get to study God's word together with brothers and sisters in Jesus. And in fact, I'm going to be so bold to say, get into my life group. The fact of the matter is, in my life group, we meet Tuesday nights at 6.30. Tuesday nights at 6.30. My life group is going to accommodate all of you and all of you who are watching online because we meet online. So there's room for all of you in my Zoom room. I'd like you to come. I'd like you to come because there you get to find people that love Jesus and love his word and they love each other. And I'd like you to be one of them. So... Go to Victory's website, find my life group online. You know, because it's online, you don't have to travel anywhere. You can dress anywhere you, any way you want. In fact, hey, you know what? Nobody's done this yet, but I suppose if you want to come in your pajamas at 6.30 on Tuesday night, you could do that. That's cool. But come. And if mine doesn't work for you, then find another one. And if none of those work for you, then tell our pastors, and they're going to find a way to create one that is going to work for you. And in fact, if you want another online one, Tuesday night doesn't work for you, let's talk. Maybe I can find a way to do another one. But it's that important. Get into God's word. Get into a life group. Jesus says, remain in me. Stay connected to me. Stay plugged into me. Wondrous blessings that come along with that. Not the least of which is being able to live empowered through each day as the children of God. Remain in me, and I'm going to remain in you. Let's pray. Jesus, we shout our hallelujahs because by your death on the cross, you've won full forgiveness for us. You've won adoption in heaven. Now empower us to show our praise as we commit ourselves to a deeper connection with you through your word. We look forward to the power of your remaining in us, the fruitfulness of your remaining in us as we remain in you. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.